Christy. Hey, Edith. How do leaves get from place to place? How? With automobiles. Oh, oh automobiles. That's a good one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Welcome to show 15. Hi, everybody. Hi, Christy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Edith. Hi. So, it's cold out. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> what happened? It was in the 80s last week. It's uh -huh. The highs in the 50s this week. It was in the 80s a couple days ago. Yeah. On Monday. I couldn't believe it. But you know what? This is nice and warm down here in your basement. <laughs> and um, let's get to it. Let's just, first of all, really thank everybody for listening, no matter what they're doing out there right now. Oh, we're so grateful for everybody. Do you know what happened here in Colorado last week? What? We had a haboob. We did? In Colorado? Colorado? Yes, we did. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's a dust storm, right? Yes, it's a dust storm. This, I mean, we had a derecho in the spring, right? Uh -huh. That big, big wind. Well, this... 110 miles an hour. Yeah. This one, a wind with dust that went 300 miles from Colorado all the way down to Texas. Wow. So that's my state of Colorado update, huh? That is, you know, I think I felt it that one day it was so windy oh and, my and it was scary to be outside. You were worried that trees were going to yep. topple over. Well, I, I saw lots of broken branches. That was the haboob. And that's not supposed, that doesn't happen here. It does now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Weather, yeah. Weather is keeping us on our toes these days, yeah, isn't it? It sure is. Oi. Christy, what's new in your garden? Well, you know, Edith... I was thinking about robins lately. Robins the bird or robin the hood? Oh, this is a great point. Robins the bird. I've had a big group of robins gather around my bird bath lately. And do you have a bird bath? No. Isn't it strange to see more than one robin? Yes. So there'd be like 10 or 15 robins at my bird bath. Huh. And it made me wonder... You know how there are names for different types of groupings of animals? Like there's a pride of lions yes. or a murder of crows. And the exhilaration of larks. Ooh. Isn't that beautiful? That is nice. That's beautiful. And isn't there like, is it like a library of owls or something like that? Something like that. Well, <laughs> now I'm starting to think about what do you call a group of robins? And I was wondering, is it a hood of robins? Oh. Oh. Or is it a round of robins? A round of robins, that would be very cool. A breast of robins? Did you look it up? I'm liking the ones I'm making up. You know what? I'm liking them better than anything else anybody else could do. You're right. I lo I'm loving it. How about this one? What? A Batman of robins? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Before we get off of oh, robins yeah. and birds, I read this hack. Do you have a bird feeder? Yeah. I don't, I don't, but tell me what you think of this. If you take rolled oats, like say you have um, fat, like uh, bacon fat, uh -huh. and if you put the rolled oats in it, supposedly it sucks up the fat and it turns it into bird feet and oh, it nice. can keep the birds fed for the winter. 
Yeah, there's a certain kind of birds that will like that. Like it's a suet. It's a suet. It's like a yeah. suet. Exactly. So that was a really cool hack I thought I would Because some up. birds don't eat seeds. Some birds will prefer the suet. Oh. Just like some birds, like robins don't eat seed. Robins eat bugs and worms. And suet? Do they eat I think so. Yeah. Oh, that would be great for you to do that for them. It's a good time of year to start thinking about the birds. Mm-hmm. It is. Because they're all over the place and they're flying here and there. Okay. <laughs> a hood of robins. <laughs> Oh, funny. I started doing some more fall cleanup. Uh-huh. So I moved the hoses in. I sort of cleaned up my little potting table that was a big mess and collecting more seeds. I moved my jasmine plant inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little nervous about it because sometimes I've asked before when I bring things in, they get crabby. So I'm trying a new thing, which is I'm doing the opposite of hardening off. I'm going to bring it inside for the evening, set it outside during the day, bringing it inside. I'm going to do the opposite of what I do in the spring. Christy, I love that you just said that because I figured out, you know, last week we talked about killing our rosemary. Uh-huh. Every single year, rosemary goes into the portal. They, and I, so I read this article and it said, you have to do exactly what you said. You hey. have to do the reverse. It's hardening off for inside. Yeah. So... You put it in a sunny window, they said, not a north-facing, but a sunny window, and you turn it so Mm. that all sides gets, not like constantly turn it, you know, but turn it, let the sun get to it, and turn it in a couple of days. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And get them used to the different humidity and temperature of your house. And have a bowl with uh, water and maybe lava rocks in it. That's smart. So that... Especially, you said it was jasmine. Yeah, isn't that like a jungly? Yeah, it's a tropical a, plant, so. which means it likes humidity. Yeah, and we're in Colorado; there is no humidity. Well, there's even a greater danger than the lack of humidity and the changes of temperature and light. Forest for, fires for this jasmine fires? plant. Oh, for the for the jasmine, what what is it? It's my cat Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh huh. Do you hear him just meowing like he knew he his name? He is meowing. He, did he, is he calling? Cause here I, he comes. Here he comes into the room, Leonardo DiCaprio, who loves to dig in plants. Oh. I've never had a cat like this. He keeps, he, he'll dig in them. He'd knock them over. This week he knocked over two of my house plants, Ooh. my Christmas cactus, uh, one of my little jade plants. Leonardo. I have to have things inside my ficus tree so that he won't dig inside it. So, hmm. uh, and then I wanted to also share with you that, guess what I got this week? What? In the mail. My first seed catalog. <gasps> nice. So this is the time of year, and we could start dreaming about next year. This is the Botanical Interest Seed Catalog. Uh-huh. So I'm very excited about going through. You know, I'm going to do dream. that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some of that. I'll go to the website and get some catalogs, too. It's fun to dream. It is fun to dream. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Then the last thing I'll say is that a couple weeks ago yeah. we had our recipe episode and I mentioned the tomato bolognese, which is on our website. And I made that this week and I think that's the last time this summer I'm going to make it. I'm getting the last of the tomatoes up. I think these next ones that I'll pull before it gets really cold, I'm just going to pop in the freezer. Mm-hmm. But boy, it was, sure was nice to have one last. That is nice. Yeah. One last version of that. Especially if you know it's the last. It's extra special. Yeah, yeah. How about you? How's your garden? Well, uh, speaking of bringing in tomatoes, I brought in all of my tomatoes because I heard varying reports that it might get really cold tonight. So I brought everything in. All my peppers are in. All oh, my, my gosh. I didn't put anything in. <gasps> well, you, you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you're probably fine. 
But do you remember I told you that I grew a cantaloupe and it wasn't very good? Uh Uh-huh. I tried another one that I grew, a smaller one, and it was good. And get this. I grew honeydew this year. Uh Uh-huh. And I had one, and it was really good. Get out. I've never grown it before. I do not believe you. Honeydew tastes terrible. It's the worst tasting melon of all kinds. I love honey. You mean in general or mine? <laughs> it's just it, honeydew. Yeah, in general, not just yours. No. And really? The green? You don't oh, like the honey? It, it's always terrible. And every time you get a fruit cup, yeah, they always put all this honeydew, I love melon honeydew in, in it. Fact, and it's terrible. And what you really want is cantaloupe and strawberries no, and grapes. No, and what you I, get you know, all this honeydew. You know what I really want? I really want to make suet and put it in my honeydew. <laughs> That's what I really want. <laughs> I gotta say, I challenge you to give me some honeydew that I think tastes good because it just always tastes terrible. Oh well, then you don't like it. Why would I, I do, do that not. to you? <laughs> maybe wouldn't. maybe I'm wrong, or maybe maybe also it's true that some fruit you just need to have the right uh, ripeness to it. You know, like That's a peach. That peach possible. has that moment of ripeness, of perfection, literally yeah. perfection. Yeah, and it's hard to get that in the store okay. because they you know they pick them before they're ripe, and it's hard. Well. I'm going to talk for a second about my Bokashi experiment. Oh, yeah. So they say you know you've done something right when rather than smell like it's rotten, it smells like booze because it's fermenting. Ah. That's what mine smells like. And this is the compost experiment. In a bucket. In a bucket. That you don't, mm -hmm. you you could put all sorts of things that they normally tell you you can't put in a compost pile. I could not find the chicken breast. I think literally it must have broken down. In a week? It's been like 10 days now. Yeah. What else do you have in there? I've got all the stuff I used to put in my compost, you know, paper and uh, food scraps. Um, I put some leaves in there. But, you know, the most important thing, of course, is the spent beer grains. Yeah, you layer like a lasagna. You do you do food scraps and then you do spent beer grains. And I tell you, I think it's good because it smells ferment. I guess that's nice. It is nice. Do you ever get because you know, folks, Edith and I live about three blocks away from each other, and we live in the Denver suburbs. And maybe about twenty miles to the west of us is Golden, Colorado, where the Coors Brewery is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on a nice evening, do you ever smell? The the barley being roasted from the Coors Brewery? You know what I think I do? An odd smell comes. It's wonderful. It's not a bad smell. It's, oh, it's a wonderful. Good smell. Yeah, it smells like malt and roasting. And Why do we live so far away? Why don't we live like <laughs> right next door? <laughs> Maybe the people in Golden get tired of the smell, but I love it. It's great. I, I was thinking that that must be what, what your, uh, your bucket smells like. Well, it definitely smells fermented, and it smells much better than, for example, than the Purina dog chow place on I-70. Yeah, that's not fun. Thank goodness they did. that doesn't come this We're lucky. Way. We are lucky indeed. <laughs> well, folks, if you ever hear words or terms that you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. And if you want to see pictures of our gardens, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Oh, and Edith. Yes. I was going to say one other thing. Next week, I'm very excited about our episode. Halloween. We're going to have a special Halloween episode. I got some stories. Me too. And we're going to dress up, right? We're going to work costumes. I thought past, and I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I would feel so ridiculous. I'm an adult. I'm sitting in the basement with a cat and Christy, and I'm dressed up as a costume. I think I'd feel maybe silly. No? I'm going to wear a costume. Okay. Yeah. Because we should be who we are. 
I'm never going to try to squash that out of you, right? I just figure, I haven't worn a costume for Halloween in so long, and it's Uh COVID, and here we are, and dang it, I'm going to wear a costume for our Halloween special. Well, dang it, you go ahead, you courageous, strong woman. (laughs) Okay. But it should be fun. We're going to have stories. We're going to talk about, um, we're going to have some recipes. We'll have some good jokes. We'll talk about some of the Halloween stuff from our garden, so... Mm-hmm. Everybody tunes in for that. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how we garden and share some letters from the mailbag. Ring, ring. That's right. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I'll give you your cue. The cue is when you say mailbag. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to say ring, ring. Okay. All okay. right. Okay. I will be careful. Hey, Mulch here. How you doing? You good? Good. You know what I'm doing? Up north, I'm keeping gardens warmer. Down south, I'm keeping the soil cool. Way cool. Cause I'm mulch. I can work wonders almost anywhere. Almost. It's the Montreal Canadiens versus the Detroit Red Wings. What a rivalry. And there they go. What the heck? This is not good! You did this! No, I didn't. Get out of my face! You get out of my face! I can't! My blades are stuck in these wood chips all over the ice breath! Referee! Referee, s'il vous plaît! Yeah, <laughs> you see how that wouldn't work. But almost everywhere else, I'm mulch! I'm at your service. Use me. In your garden, where men with sticks aren't going to smack you. Folks, we're back. We're back. And we're going to talk about the different ways. We never really went away, but we were just sitting here waiting. But go ahead, Christy. (laughs) Are you done, Miss Edith? I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm totally done. (laughs) Go ahead. Please go ahead. Okay. We're going to talk about the different ways that we garden. Now, in many ways, Edith and I, we garden in a very similar way. We grow flowers. We grow veggies. We have, we grow herbs. We Mm -hmm. have trees. We have compost piles. We're organic. We're organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have the same type of soil. We have the same zone because we live three blocks away from each other. That's right. But I've been thinking there are some kind of fun ways in which we're different. Okay. Somewhat in the way. You have more syllables in your name. You have twice as many as I do. Yes. <laughs> I need them. I need every syllable. Because you're, you're tiny. Because I'm, sh- I'm, a, I'm a short gal. You're, yeah. you're a short woman. And I'm a tall woman. But I, I interfere. Go ahead. Do you remember there was the Donnie Marie show in the 1970s? Yes. And they would sing this song called I'm a Little Bit Country, I'm a Little Bit Rock and Roll to mm-hmm. define how... Even though Donnie and Marie were very similar, they were mm-hmm. different in these. They were certainly not rock and roll, but okay. <laughs> well, Donnie was a little bit rock and roll. A little bit. He's had and a Marie little bit. Okay. was a little bit country. Okay. And I decided that that might be appropriate for us because I think I'm a little bit Martha uh-huh. and you're a little bit Mother Jones. Oh, you mean Martha Stewart? Yeah, I'm a little bit Martha you Stewart. You are a little bit Martha Stewart. And don't you think you're a little bit Mother Jones? I subscribe to Mother Jones. <laughs> I am totally Mother Jones. Yes. <laughs> So, um, for example, if I if you had to pick, what do you like better, 
flower or veggies, what would you pick? Veggies. And I would pick flowers. Um, I have a lawn and you? Would never have a lawn. Would never have a lawn. Um, I have ornamental grasses and you? Do not like ornamental grasses because you can't eat them. Okay. I call what we plant things in soil. Uh-huh. And you call it? What? Dirt. Yeah. I do, I do call it dirt. Yeah. I don't like the word soil. It rhymes. It's like the word moist. Nobody likes those words. Or the That's word true. nummy. Nobody likes those words. You don't like moist, nummy soil? No. <laughs> I do not. I like dirt. <laughs> and you have fruit trees, and I don't. Right. Though That's I kind of wish I did have a fruit tree. That's a major difference right so, there. Those yeah. are some little ways that we're different. I think one of the big ways that you're different is that you do Hugo Culture. Yes. So do you want to talk about some of the different, how your, how, what's your garden like? How do you garden, Edith? Yeah, I would love that. Um, it, it took me a few years. I only started Hugo Culture, which means Hugel is German for little hill, and Kultur obviously is the word culture. Um, I only started a couple of years ago. There was an article in the Denver Post by Claire Martin, and she talked about this, and I, I thought, this is so interesting. So what you do is you dig a, well, mine are, mine are, I don't have a lot of space. So mine are about grave, like the size of a grave. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I dig graves quite often and know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And I'm sure many people out there do also. That's a great, that's wonderful. Okay, let me put it another way. It's about maybe six to ten feet by three to four right. feet, a grave right? size. A, it's only grave it's, size. Whole, yeah, see, it took a lot less words, but okay. Yeah. So then you dig that out. You dig about a foot or so down. And then on the bottom, you lay big logs. You, you lay logs, yeah. Uh, I went around the neighborhood, and I, I saw logs. And, you, you know, they were either there for the taking, or I would knock on someone's door and mm -hmm. go, can I have those logs? And they would go, yes. So you put the logs down, and then you start piling up with leaves and compost and shredded paper and food scraps, and you just build, you build a hill, and you put dirt on the top of that. Or soil. I would never use soil, but sure, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, so now we have a little hill that is its own like micro ecosystem. That is so cool. So it's supposed to last for years and years. So what happens is the the big logs and their branches and smaller stuff, mm -hmm. they start to decay. First of all, they attract water to them, you know? That makes them decay. So they constantly release nutrients into my little hill. And um Supposedly, and I say supposedly because I do still water them. But supposedly, if they're big enough, I think you don't have to water them. Mm. But I do because mine are not really big. Mine are kind of small-ish. How many do you have? I have six, but you can only tell like four of them. The other ones have kind of deflated okay. into the ground, you know, and I let them go. And I have to say that one of them, on one of the hills, I planted a cantaloupe and there was a lot of cantaloupe so it's very on another one i planted cucumbers oh. for the first time first i planted peas on it wonderful peas and then the cucumbers were ridiculously good and prolific 
using this system of hugel kultur. I love it. Now, you also don't till at all either. I stopped doing that, and that means to uh, to turn up the soil. To Some people do it with a rototiller. I used to just do it with a hoe, but I don't do that either because I heard that it disrupts the life under the soil. I use the word soil <laughs> in your honor. Thank you. It, it disrupts the life down there. You know what I mean? And you don't need to do it. So I don't do that anymore because you don't walk. I don't walk over where I plant things. I have like little paths. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't get pounded down. Now, of course, when I'm planting something, I dig holes. Yeah, it of gets course. disrupted a little bit. Yeah, it's still get, but I just don't take start at one end and go to the other, yeah. disrupting and throwing the whole thing apart. I don't do that. Ever since you told me this, which I think might have been like 10 years ago, I stopped tilling also. Isn't it nice? It's a lot less work. It's a lot less work. But it, you know, it makes sense that you don't want to disrupt the the worms, the worms, and the microbes. The microbes are the big thing, actually. Yeah, because it's decomposing your soil. It's using the stuff that you put in there when you, and also like when I put the bokashi or the compost, I will dig a hole or a trench, put that stuff in, so it's not like it sat there forever with right. nothing. Right. I just will never till the whole mm -hmm. thing again like I used to do. And you also do companion planting, right? Yes. Companion planting is some things go really well with each, with each other, and some things do not like to be planted close together at all. So, for example, you know, everybody likes basil with their tomatoes, so I put the basil between the tomatoes. You can put the lettuce between the tomatoes. Carrots go well with tomatoes. Remember the, um, the American Indians planted... The three sisters, they called it, corn, beans, and squash together. Because what one plant takes out of the soil, the other puts in. The beans puts the nitrogen in Isn't the soil. Isn't that cool? It is just, it's, you know, it's miraculous. And it makes so much sense. And finally, the other thing that I do is um, I never plant something in the same place. Except my horseradish, which I tried to give you, I tried to take it out and give you some. But, you know, it came back. It, I, I can't get rid of it. And now it's in my yard, too. And you'll never get rid of it. I don't, I'm not quite sure what to do with it yet. Like, how do I harvest it? Or do I, I just wait till next year? Uh, you know what? You can't kill it. So you might as well dig it up and see what happens. I'm not kidding. If you leave even a tiny bit, it'll grow back. Okay. Well, That's I love it, it. I love horseradish. Well, maybe you can give me some recipes, Martha, from your Martha <laughs> Stewart cookbook. A little bit. So anyway... So I, if I like, I envision it like a gigantic clock. So if the tomatoes hmm. are at six o'clock this year, well, maybe next year I'll put them at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know, and just and everything goes around like a big circle. That that is that's how I garden, Christy. <laughs> well, I am a square foot gardener, not through any reason or philosophy. It's just what was handed down to me when I bought the house. The previous homeowner had done square foot gardening, and she gave me the little charts that she had done for the past 10 no years kidding. for her square foot gardening. And before I moved into this house, I was not a vegetable gardener at all. And so that's just what I was handed, and that's what I am used to. Um, what's interesting about square foot gardening is that it hasn't been around that long. It's only been around since 1975. No kidding. The gentleman who invented it, his name was Mel Bartholomew, and he was a civil engineer. And when he retired, he joined his local community garden. And he saw all these people gardening in rows. 
Uh-huh. And he looked at it and he thought, what a wasteful, time-consuming, and laborious project. And people are doing it all wrong. And he asked his fellow gardeners, why are you doing it this way? And they said, well, that's the way we've always done it. So he devised square foot gardening as an alternative um, to row gardening. And the philosophy is by focusing on planting, spacing, and weed control and soil, you can um, uh, save uh, 50% more money. You can use 20% less space, 10% of the water, and it's a lot less work than single row gardening. Christy, let me ask you. I don't understand. Um, so do you plant them closer together? Yes. Row, uh-huh. you plant them closer yeah, together? The basic concept is to create a small garden bed and divide it into grids. Now, Mel would say one foot squares, which is a little different than I do, which I'll explain in a second. And then you can do seeds or seedlings in each of the little squares. Uh-huh. And since there are no paths, there's no wasted space. And the soil will stay in the bed and stay loose because you never stepped on it. Um, you can get very high yields. Now, it's a little different in, in my garden because my garden is 14 by 40 feet. Mm-hmm. And I have 24 two-foot squares. Mm-hmm. And so I have little paths between my squares. But if I was, if I did this, I might, I might actually lean into the square foot gardening more next year. And I'm, I'm thinking about I might do some raised beds so I can... Because I lose a lot of space with those paths that I have in my garden. Oh, well, you know what? And that's another thing with, with the Hugel Kultur. Mm-hmm. When you have, if I had made it higher, some people make them five, four oh, my feet goodness. high. Mm-hmm. It lived, well, look at all the space. A triangle has so much more space than if it oh, were flat. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. You know, so that they, they can plant things yeah. all the way up the little hill. Yeah. And what I noticed about you is you also, you seem to have, like a repository for water in your little squares. Oh, that's true. I will make little wells so yeah. that when I water, the water will stay in there so it won't roll off. Yeah. Hey, I've never seen anyone do that before. It's it's pretty. You're, it's a pretty way to garden, may I say. And then I also rotate just like you do, but instead of like a clock, I uh-huh. do it on a grid. So I will, in general, I will move up one square and over one square. Like a chess game. Like a knight. Like a knight, (laughs) yes. Yes. Though I will, because I have a lot of tomatoes, I call that part of my garden tomato town. Uh I will take the whole tomato town and move it all the way to the other side. Yeah. So Trying to fool the bugs that come, the pests. That's what we're trying to do. And also to mix up the nutrients in the soil so it's not always the same thing being pulled out. Hey, mulch here. How you doing? Did you know that people have been mulching since the 17th century? That's the 1600s. 17th century is actually the 1600s? Oh, wow. Anyway, gardens, farms, fields, flowers. Mulch was used everywhere for hundreds of years. I've even been used to solve a murder. Yeah. I'm that good. Hello? Who's there? It's just me, Holmes. I've been searching the house. What have you found? Nothing, Holmes. No clues at all. What, ho? What's this, then? What? 
You see, but you don't observe, Watson. No, there's only one Sherlock Holmes. What is it, Holmes? It's a clue that leads us directly to the murderer. See here? Wood chips all over the room. It's elementary, Watson. Our murderer is either a woodcutter or a man who keeps a woodchuck for a pet. Hmm. How much wood, Watson, can one woodchuck chuck? Surely not this much chucked wood. Conclusion? It's a group of woodchucks kept by a fiendish woodcutter. I say, Holmes, there is another explanation. No, Watson. What have I always said? Eliminate all other factors, and the one which remains must be the truth. It was me, Holmes. I was mulching for fingerprints. You've heard of this new technique, surely? It isn't mulching for prints, Watson. It's dusting for prints. So, that's the factor I should not have eliminated. The factor of stupidity. So sorry, Holmes. I, I was just trying to help. What ho? What's this? A bloody knife inscribed with a name. Professor James Moriarty. Holmes! Holmes, I found the murder weapon with the name of the murderer. I've solved the crime. Holmes! Protect your gun. Lower your water bill. Even solve your murders. Use me. Aren't that good? Another way that I garden, that is, different than yours, is that I winter sow. I tried that, but I failed. So really, I wanted to be a winter sower. I've never heard of anything this cool. Please explain. Well, winter sowing is an outdoor method of seed germination. It was invented by Trudy Davendoff. And it just requires two things. A little miniature greenhouse, usually made from recycled materials like a water or a milk jug, mm -hmm, and Mother Nature. It's generally done with seeds that require a period of cold stratification. Oh, okay. And that's a seed that has a hard exterior so that as it's in the ground and it freezes and the ground freezes and thaws, freezes and thaws, it will rub against the seed and rub the outer casings of the seed off. Really? Allowing it to germinate. What's cool about winter sowing is that this is something you do in January, February, March. That's so cool. So when you want to garden, you want to grow things in the dead of winter. In all zones, folks. So I'm not just saying. In all zones. Even way up north. Even in northern Minnesota, you could do this. You don't have to have grow lights for weeks at a time when growing seeds indoors. So you don't need to use all that extra electricity. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about leggy seedlings. Mm -hmm. You don't have to harden off the seedlings because they're already acclimated to and outdoor they're conditions. And so early. You, when, there's, they come up when they're ready. When they're ready. Not when in your Nature house. Says. You're trying to, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they're ready to plant whenever the outside temperature has sufficiently warmed. And also if you plant outside, you know, they can get washed away. When you self-sow outside, uh -huh. or they won't go where you want them to go, the volunteers, so you can put the plants where you want them. Um, so anything that is translucent enough for light to pass through, I use milk jugs or water jugs. Uh, and you can have uh, drainage holes, a lid, and ventilation holes. You have to have the, you have to have the uh, drainage holes, right? You have to have drainage holes in the bottom and ventilation. Can and ventilate, what do you mean by ventilation? 
Like if it was the milk jug? Yeah. I just take the top. I don't, I throw the top away. You don't use, you don't throw it away. You recycle it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mother Jones, hello. <laughs> right. So you leave it so it gets really cold in there. Yes. But that's okay. Yeah. So you, I, I will take the milk jug. And this is probably good for a whole episode when I when I really do. We really should do this. We really should do a whole episode. I an love episode on it. Technique. But it's taking a milk jug and cutting it so there's a hinge on it. Sowing the seeds as it says on the package or on uh, as is normally done. Covering up the hinge. Mm-hmm. Some people tape it. I don't even tape it. And throwing it outside and let it be for months in the snow, in the rain. Okay. And then when they're ready, they will germinate. Well, absolutely. Let's do a whole thing about it this. It's so much fun. It's in, so exciting. In, in January or February. And then we can add pictures on our um, on our Facebook page. Yeah. So people can see exactly. And folks, I have seen her do it, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Last year, I did over 30 jugs. So, she, so by the time March comes around, or April, she's got everything ready to go. I don't even drink milk. I get them from I get the jugs from Starbucks. That's just great. And it's also recycling, but you can also use other things too. And if you can do flowers, you can do vegetables. This year I'm gonna do tomatoes from the tomato seeds that I say that you taught me how to save tomato seeds. Huh. That's so exciting. All right. You know you know what I kinda would like to talk about too. Are you done with your are you yeah, done? Yeah, yeah. Um this is for people here living here in Denver, is we have so many resources. The Denver Urban, Denver Urban Gardeners, D-U-G, they run... Doug? Doug. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you know that they're the largest in the country? Denver, the Denver Urban Gardens, Doug.org, they have 180 community gardens. Wow. 180, 17,000 gardeners. And 31 acres. Yeah. And in the spring, they hand out either for free or at greatly reduced rates, if you can't afford uh, these things, seedlings and seeds. Really? Yeah. To help people start gardening. So not having land no no longer should be such an obstacle. Mm -hmm. Just go to denverurbangardens.org and you will see how how to sign up. There is a one more way, and I just found out about this too. Uh, this is there's a place called Jovial Concepts. It's not a place. What is it? It's a company. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Okay. Jovial Concepts. They have as part of their thing something called Jovial Gardens. They will come to your house, and if you have a lawn or just a weed, you know, a field of weeds, mm-hmm. they will turn it into a garden. They turn it into a garden. They do all the work. If you can't do the work, they will do the work. You get 30% of the produce. They get 70%, and they give it to people who need to oh, eat. Oh, wow. How great is that? Can we can can we have them come to some of our neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> we should send them. So, guys. I'm not going to say who, but I have some thoughts about I how I think I know be. who. I've seen it. <laughs> So um, if you are here uh, in Denver or the vicinity, it would be jovialconcepts.org. If oh, we'll, you put wanna... link, we'll put a yeah, link and, in the show notes Yeah, and on our website for that and for Denver Urban Gardens, too. Yeah. Really and for wonderful. folks who aren't in the, in the Denver metro area, uh, check out your communities because they might be something similar. Yeah. There, I think there's community gardens all over the place. Yeah. So just do some searching around and 
because gardeners really are just wonderful people. They're, they're like kind-hearted, mm-hmm. and it'll also soothe your soul to be able to garden in any mm-hmm. way that you can. And I loved how you mentioned this, is that you don't need to have a lot of land, mm-hmm. a lot of earth, that mm-hmm. you, there are ways to garden that don't require any of that. Yeah. Like container gardening, huh? Yes, container gardening, yes. The things I, that you can put in a container, vegetables, flowers. I know um, people that live in townhouses with not an inch of land, and that's what they do. They container garden, mm-hmm. and they grow herbs, and they do. You can grow vegetables. Yeah. Yes, you can grow tomatoes yeah. easily. Yeah, easily. They, they love containers. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to put yeah. in a container. Have you also heard about lasagna gardening? I heard about it, but but that's all. Because it sounds it's very similar to the hugo culture a little it's bit. It's stratification of yes. layers of stuff, right? And you start with cardboard and newspaper. Which I put in, which you put in the hugo, same thing. Uh-huh. And then you can layer on um, just same things like you do with compost. I think it's the same. Green and brown. You know what? It's the same thing, but it's Italian. Lasagna, hugo. That's all it is. Lasagna, Italian. That's all it is. One's a hill, one is flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds very similar. (laughs) I also read something about straw bale gardening. Yes, I've heard of that too. You can make a raised bed with straw bales. Yeah. I don't know how. Do you? I think what you do is I think you cut out part of the straw. Uh-huh. So it becomes like a little container all in itself, and you put soil slash dirt in uh-huh. it. Thank you. Uh huh. Oh wow! Doesn't that that's kind of cool? That would look so nice. I yeah. love the smell of straw. Oh, and there's also upside down gardening. What is that? Have you seen this this fad that happened a couple years ago where you could buy a tomato plant? Yes, and strawberries. Right? And strawberries, and then you have, the, it comes con- in this container, in this bag with soil yeah. and everything, uh-huh. and then you hang it upside down. Yes, and the stuff comes out of the holes. Yes. Right? Does that work? I don't know. Okay. You don't, any- you don't hear much about it anymore? I, yeah, it might have just been a weird fad. It might so have. So if anybody's uh-huh. out there and you've grown upside down tomatoes or upside down strawberries, uh-huh. let us know how that worked. Because, Please. But if, if it works, it'd be great. For people that have only a balcony. Yes, that's true. It'd be that's great right. if it worked. You know, I like people that, like, um, you can take an old boot. You can put holes in the bottom and put flowers yeah. in it. People, the yard art that people I do. I love that. Oh, or people take that. old sinks. Yep. Toilets. Yeah. Bicycles. <laughs> oh, bicycles are cute. Wheelbarrows. Yeah, wheel ba- I'm going to do that next year. Tires. So. Have you seen people do that with tires? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it looks wonderful. Hey, folks, show us your ways to garden. We'd love to hear about it. So, now is the part of our show where we will gather letters that other people have written uh-huh. and sent to us. Yes. And we collect them. Will you just a- say it already? <laughs> <laughs> You're not saying it on purpose. It's time for mailbag. Ring, ring. <laughs> but it's true. We no longer just have to solicit. People are actually sending us letters, so emails awesome. and stuff. It is so awesome. Yeah, it's really nice. And uh, I believe you have one from Canada. Our first international letter. Do you want to start with sure. the Canadian one? We like the Canadians. This is Rob from Ontario. He says, uh, would like to know where we could purchase upside down tulips, bulb, or plant. That was his letter. <laughs> 
that was it? That was it. <laughs> Rob. Well, you know those Canadians. They don't use a lot get of words. Get to the words. point. You know, get to the why? Point. Unlike the French, who are so flowery. Yeah, or, flowery. you know, Americans who just have to talk, 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 talk all the time. Uh-huh. Okay, good. And he did he say A? No, he didn't okay. say A. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's actually a really great question about, because last week uh-huh. we talked about, or was it last week, a couple weeks ago, in mm-hmm. our bulb episode. Yes. Because now is still a great time to plant bulbs, that there is a bulb called the upside down tulip which comes from turkey and they're beautiful and they're huge yeah they're beautiful so i looked into it and you can get some upside down tulips from eden brothers or from holland bulbs Mm -hmm. and we'll put links on our uh, show notes Mm -hmm. and on our website for people to look into them Uh, they they are good for zones three to nine edith wow so that's they should be good in Ontario. They should be fine, yeah. And uh, check this out. They had to be planted 10 to 12 inches deep. That is really something. That is wow. really. Usually, I mean, like six, like a daffodil bulb, uh-huh. maybe be like six to eight. Wow. 10 to 12. That's a lot of digging. But, you know. Beautiful. It's a, worth it's it, a, right? Totally worth it, yeah. So I hope, uh, Rob, that you get some upside down tulips, and I hope they do well for you. Um, and then send us pictures and how they look. Maybe you are obligated now to send us pictures because Christy went out all that work for you, all that work. <laughs> so maybe you could next It was next fun, year. though. I liked it. I know yeah. you do. Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, I have a letter here. And I have to say, first of all, I know this person, and um, you need to know this little bit of information. He gave me mulch, and I gave him a spaghetti squash, and I gave him some tomatoes in exchange, right? So here it is. This is Chris from... Denver. He says, I made a garden dinner last night. Spaghetti squash with fresh tomato sauce. Wow. Who's got two thumbs and no idea how much difference using fresh tomatoes could make? (laughs) That guy. That's right. This guy. That's what he says. This guy. I kept tasting and tasting the sauce as it cooked. Not because it needed adjustment, but because it was so sweet and delicious I could not believe it. Like the whole summer had jumped into my pot. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's what you say, Christy. Summer in a bowl. Yeah. So, yes, I'm going to plant some edibles next year. Tomatoes, squash, and peas. My neighbor has some peas growing, vine-like, on the fence between us. Or maybe they're green beans. (laughs) (laughs) Only one way to find out, Chris. I kept seeing them from my bathroom window and thinking... I should pick the ones that are hanging over on my side of the fence. Mm -hmm. But conscience doth make cowards of us all. Oh, now I see they're turned brown. In other words, they've gone to seed. Yes. Right? Which he could, if he wanted, Uh take that little brown green bean Uh or pea Mm -hmm. and save it and plant it. I'm pretty sure it's a bean. I don't think Denver here, I don't think we have peas this time of year. They die out That's true. You've got to get those in March and then enjoy them in June. They're out of here by the Mm 1st of June almost. He goes on. What are the tomatoes you gave me? The little bitty ones. They are sweet as gumdrops. Do you grow everything from seed? My brother dries out this year's seeds and uses them to sprout indoors during the winter. Is that what you do? (laughs) At what point in my questioning will you have to charge me a consulting fee? (laughs) Do you ever raise peas? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the consulting fee, we'll hold off on that for a while. Sure, yeah. 
But yes, I raise peas. Do you raise peas? Um, I, I'll do sugar snap peas uh-huh. in the spring when I can remember to get them in the ground in time. Uh-huh. Well, you know, listen, Chris, it is peas are almost guaranteed to grow. I think, you know what, I bet you that's where the word easy peasy comes from because peas are so easy to grow. And then if that's where easy peasy comes uh-huh. from, is that also true where the term lemon squeezy comes from because you squeeze lemons? Yeah, I'll bet so. These things kind of make sense, don't they? (laughs) Easy peasy. Easy. Lemon squeezy. (laughs) (laughs) We're so silly. All right, folks. Make Edith happy. Send us more letters for the mailbag. Send your favorite gardening stories, your successes, your flops, your episode ideas. And also your gardening questions, which you know Christy will research to the nth degree and give you all the answers. <laughs> we love hearing from you. Write to UpsideDownTulips at gmail.com or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Ring, ring. Oh, ring, ring. <laughs> we doing more mailbag? What's going on? <laughs> It's time to hear the gentle words of inspiration. This quote comes from the most prolific person ever quoted. Anonymous. (laughs) A good garden is like a good book. You can always enjoy starting it again. I love that. Yeah. As we close, it's good to think about the next beginning. And you know what? Thank you, everybody, for listening as we close this week's episode. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. If you enjoy this episode or or any of the episodes, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Tunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you'd like to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link on our website. And a big thanks to our friends and talented actors, Matthew Schneck, Paul Barillo, and Brian Cusick. You guys were awesome. Yeah. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. No blame. Upside down.